Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2018. I am Ron Kolick, your host. Again, keep it around with the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable knowing one's own bad health And with me, five hours ahead, is the gold standing in ghost hunting, Steve Parsons. Good evening and Happy New Year. Yeah. From, like a, a, from a storm-battered, ravaged West Wales. Really? Have a storm out there? Uh, 90 mile an hour forecast for later. Ah, okay. So if I, if I disappear suddenly, you'll know what happened. Yeah, you're blown away. I believe that you've got polar bears down at the mall. Yeah, it's cold out here. Yeah, I was but flipping it, through the weather forecast for Drakeard. Anyways, uh, it's so cold my car wouldn't start. I actually had to uh, do the show here in my home office. Um, so anyways, 2018, New Year. So we'd like to do a little things, mix things up a little bit. We want to we wanna change the show, but we want to know what you want. And so uh, do you want to see more guests? Uh, do you have particular guests in mind, particular subjects? Uh, do you, what other features would you like? What, what would you like the tool men to talk about? So uh, if you email us at anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, or what's yours, Steve? Or they can put it straight onto our Facebook pages, um, both of which have messaging uh, facilities. So you can just post a, post a comment, post a message. We'll find it. We'll read it. I, you know what's going to happen, don't you? It's gonna, on your wish list, it's going to be, uh, can we have two new hosts? <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. That can be arranged, too, but that's not a problem. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we'd like to hear. And what we'll do yeah. is of all the, uh, the answers we receive, we'll do a drawing. And uh, if you uh, if we select yours in the – actually, here's what we'll do. We'll select one from the U.K. and one from the U.S. Uh, already in the world. And uh, uh, we'll do it by random, and uh, we'll send you a book. So there you go. And second prize is a copy of Cal Cooper's book. Who? <laughs> Dr. Callum Cooper. Dr. Callum Cooper, yes. Send him a copy of Telephone Calls from the Dead. That'll stop him writing in. Hmm. Anyway, actually, that's a good book. I don't know if you haven't got it, I would recommend it. Uh, I found it pretty neat. Anyway, and, right? his and his present take, yeah from cover to cover, actually. And his presentation on the book is, is very good, too. So if he, he does it up around your way in the U.K. or, or elsewhere, be sure to drop by and uh, take a look at it. Uh, it's fascinating. Anyways. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's this? Is this is this my normal host, Ron Polak, New England's very own Van Helsing? Or a Why, what's that? Are you being nice all of a sudden? Excuse me? Are you being nice all of a sudden? I'm not nice. Oh, it's all right. Providing you're not nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have we have good news. Is the uh, book is off to the copy editor now, and uh, it's just going across the T's and dot the I's. So Yay. yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, and then we get the uh, second half of our advance, so that's even better. <laughs> well, and and I can counter that with more good news. Really? The uh, the ghost hunting how to guide. To, um, for the Society for Psychical Research is also at the same stage and is also off on its way to the printers shortly. So, uh, so there we are. Mm. So, two two new books coming out this year. Yeah, but yours is yours. Will your yours be available to the general public? Oh yeah, absolutely. It'll only be. In fact, the idea of it is it's not uh, aimed at members of the Society for Psychical Research. This is a book by the Society of Research, uh, Society for Psychical Research, aimed at the general ghost hunting community. And, uh, and what, what is the book? Um, it's going to be uh, the uh, ghost, the, the guidebook or the handbook for spontaneous case investigators. So it's 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 a how a best practice guide for ghost hunting, drawing upon 150 years of the SPR's uh, expertise in the subject matter. So how would this differ from ghostology? Uh, well, ghostology specifically is not a, a how-to guide. It's a discussion of practices, good, bad, and indifferent. Oh, um, where, uh, whereas the SPR um, book, which is as yet finally untitled, um, will actually be a guide to best practice. So the, the, the boxes that one needs to tick during the investigation process and some suggestions. But again... Um, it's not a you-must-do guide, um, but it does draw upon, as I say, 150 years of good practice by SPR investigators. Excellent. And uh, does it go into the history of the SPR, or is it just strictly... No, no, no. It's, it's a short book. It, it's around about 40, 45 pages, and mm. it's strictly a how-to guide. It's a, you know, for any... So is that something you, worth putting in your ghost hunting kit? Uh, it's certainly something that you would, yeah. Um, it's kind of like the manual for ghost hunting. Now I know there's lots of people will have their own ways and their own best practices, and right. I've always advocated that whatever works best for you and your group is the way that you should follow. But there are certain set things that are, you know, that we all have to do regardless of whatever our general methodologies are. Um, and the SPR of with the exception, possible exception of the Ghost Club, the SPR have been doing it longest and have, you know, a great deal of expertise uh, that we can all learn from and all draw from. Mm -hmm. So this lays down some of the hints and tips that they put together. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll have to get a copy of that. And 45 pages, I certainly can read it through. Well, I, 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 when I was writing it, I specifically kept it short, so just so that you could read it. Oh, keep me in mind. That was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be too thin for any coffee table legs, so this time you uh, will have to read it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that should be out. That should be out around about the middle part of uh, twenty eighteen. Well, excellent. Uh, it's it's so funny because uh, when I first, uh, when Maureen and I first. Uh, uh, published our uh, first book, Ghost Chronicles. We were supposed to write this uh, guide uh, for teenage ghost hunters, and um, we got in a little bit of dispute with uh, some of the people involved, so we were knocked off the 
project, let's put it this way, and, and another one did come out. So, uh, so my question, I guess, from that would be, is this uh, aimed at a certain audience age-wise, or is it aimed for all ages? Uh, no, it's specifically, uh, there is no sort of set age. Um, it's it's in a readable format that anybody, you know, who's from, I, I you know, high school onwards, um, even, even, you know, and younger, uh, whoever's interested, whatever their level of interest, you know, somebody just starting out will find it incredibly helpful, as indeed um, somebody who has been in a team for a long time or thinking of forming a team. Um, or, and more know, and more teams, you know, people just think it's... Oh, like, yeah, more and more, more, and more teams are forming. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so there is a need for it. The last version of this booklet was done in the 1960s. There was a minor revision in the 1990s. Um, but, of course, technology has moved on. Techniques oh, yes. or understanding of things have moved on. And so it became time for the book to be revised. In, in, in addition to which, because it's um, a short-form book, it's, say, 40, 45 pages, um, there will be a whole supporting series of pages on the SPR's website in, in due course where there will be more in-depth follow-up articles and information um, mm -hmm. that people can use as a greater resource. So the book is like a, like a handbook and then there will be you know, more information available online as well. So it, it's trying to deal with the the uh, modern world approach, you know, the way that we use the internet now, the way that we use social media to consume information. Uh, but we all still like a good book, something that we can, as you say, shove into the back of the rucksack, read on the train, uh, flick, flick through when you need to. Um, you know, it's not a book to read cover to cover, possibly. On mm -hmm. uh, a side note, uh, Jen and I have been watching this, this series called The Crown, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're enjoying, enjoying it. Enjoying so. it? Yeah, very much so. Uh, so one of the episodes that we saw, it was uh, kind of intriguing. It was about Winston Churchill, and it was about 1952, I believe, so. And uh, there was a temperature inversion in London, and London gets smocked in by uh, a bunch of... Fog. Uh, yeah, a smog. No, not great fog, smog of smog. London, yeah. Yes. Right. And uh, several thousand people died from it, which uh -huh. was uh, uh, kind of intriguing because, I mean, that's not too far from my time period. And, uh, yeah, and, of course, that was my study, uh, all of that. We, we, uh, when I was uh, working for McAllister Scientific, we, we made temperature inversion chambers. We built... Uh, I designed uh, environmental teaching aids, different kits to deal with certain environmental uh, subjects, and uh, it, it was kind of intriguing to me anyways, because I hadn't really heard anything about it until I watched this series, so I thought that was intriguing. It's something that I, I'm certainly aware of, whether, you know, younger people, I mean, you know, I was, I was born in the early 60s, so, mm. uh, but it, it did lead to some uh, quite dramatic changes in legislation. It brought in, for example, the Clean Air Act, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, banned the use of some fossil fuels um, and, and, also, and, and encouraged the use of smokeless uh, coal, for example, um, yeah. And it did change the way that industry was allowed to pollute the atmosphere. You you probably know the lines in the in the great hymn Jerusalem, um, which refers to uh, the mills that that pumped out this this sort of 
black acrid smoke into the atmosphere. Well, after the Great Smog, um, there were movements that took place over the over the following years uh, to introduce what were various different clean air acts, which lead uh, you know to the modern day and the environmental changes. Right. So you know the the world became a cleaner place because of the deaths of those thousand pe- thousands of people. Right. Um, I mean, I suppose it can be kind of likened to what's been happening in Beijing. Um, you know, with these, I, I don't know if you've seen on, uh, on right, YouTube, yeah. uh, these time lapses, short time lapses as well, of these great smogs rolling in from the industrial areas that surround Beijing. Um, and now China, as of today, has announced uh, great changes in the way it, it deals with the environment and um, a greener policy. Yeah, it, it's sad, but that's the, way, that's the way you learn. I, I remember growing up, of course, uh, was uh, atmospheric uh, nuclear testing, and uh, we would get uh, radioactivity in our milk and, and it'd be in the grass and all kinds of things. But people don't remember that. Uh, they think uh, they, they have no clue, uh, actually. Uh, I, I remember, in fact, we were, we were taught uh, what to do during a nuclear attack, which was... Duck and cover. Yeah, duck and cover. <laughs> I, I, um, I, we had a similar thing in the sixties following uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Britain maintained a, uh, I mean, a sort of nuclear deterrent uh, alongside America. It still does, um, but we also had some nuclear alert drills and. Um, I remember at school we, we covered some of these ideas of, you know, dart under the school desk or hide yeah. in the corner. I mean, yeah, fat lot of good that was going to do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always remember one that we were taught at school, which was in the event of uh, the four-minute, uh, we were given a four-minute warning because we're obviously much nearer the Soviet Union. Yeah. As was. And they said in the event of the you know, sirens going off and the four-minute warning being heard, what you should do is put yourself into the corner of a room um uh, sit yourself in a chair with your back up against the wall, lean your head as far forward as you can, as you possibly can, and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> which was which was kind of the British way of dealing with it, I suppose. But we came close. You know, I don't think, as you say, I, I don't want to sound like two grumpy old men, but I don't think people realise just how close we came in the early 1960s with Cuba to right. uh, to you know all-out nuclear war. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It, that all, of course, was, well, there's, there's a lot of stories, but, you know, even the uh, Bay of Pigs, which was a failed uh, uh, rebel uh, invasion of Cuba, that actually got screwed up. Uh, what I understand was was because of uh, a time difference that someone screwed up in the time difference and the air cover that was supposed to came in. Uh, did not come in because uh, there was a time difference they had screwed up, which I find kind of hard to believe, but who knows? <laughs> uh, well, it's the simplest things. I mean, there have been space rockets that have plummeted back down to Earth because somebody put the wrong digit in, or uh, there was a spectacular one done by NASA a few years ago where some of the measurements were built, um, built uh, programming the rocket mm-hmm. trajectory were in imperial measurements, whilst others were in metric measurements, and the thing just spun out of control and crashed. Um, these things happen, of course, mm-hmm. inevitably. Uh, you know, we look at some of the, the tragedies, like the great, uh, you know, fog in the London, and, and thousands of people died. And, and it's intriguing because we, we, we are paranormal investigators, uh, uh-huh. are ghost 
hunters in parentheses. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, it seems strange that why wouldn't you see like thousands of ghosts roaming the streets uh, in London because of that, just because of that one incident, not remembering all the other ones. Or, or Nagasaki, for instance, uh, you know, virtually the whole city was wiped out. You should be seeing a ghost on every corner. Uh, so that gives us, uh, you know, poses questions is, is, you know, what are ghosts? I mean, are they, uh, you know, what are they? And is that Ooh, the, that's that is, a hard question. I know, I know, but even farther, is there something more to death than just becoming a ghost? In other words, you know, why aren't there thousands of people walking around? Do we go somewhere if there is life after death? I mean, it's it's intriguing, uh, you know, to think about it. It's it's mind boggling. Right, let's let's just go back to the first thing that you said there is why aren't there thousands of ghosts wandering yeah, the streets exactly. of London? Well let's well supposing there just might be. It might be our inability to perceive the thousands of ghosts of the, or the millions of ghosts that are walking the streets of London yeah, or exactly. or Drakert or West Wales for the West and West Wales or anywhere else for that matter. Exactly. Uh, you know, we we don't know uh, sufficient about the nature of the ghost to uh, to make any determination some people may see them periodically um so we can't say that they're not you know that they're not thousands or, or millions of ghosts walking around very good point my friend um as for what defines a ghost now that's got to be the hardest question i think yeah, i think we've, I think, we've, attacked, yeah, and we've attacked it you know through yeah. 2017 16 15 and 14 yeah you know the, the, in truth you know parapsychology have got their definitions the oxford english dictionary has another and almost everybody who does investigations kind of knows what they think a ghost is but in reality when you ask them you're going to get a bunch of different answers because some people will think you know obviously they're they're the returning dead they're proof that we survived death and come back in return uh, in some form and that's that's been a belief that's been endemic in you know, cultures going back thousands of years. The Romans, the Greeks, the Chinese all had protections against returning dead. So there was this idea that the dead could come back. But ghosts may be other mechanisms. They, they could be time travel uh, or time related. They could be something within us that's perceiving uh, something else. It could be that we, we just don't know. Um, what we do know is that people see ghosts, people report ghosts, and on that basis, they certainly exist as a human experience. But what they are, I I, I really don't think anybody um, can can say with surety what a ghost is. Uh, but it is one of those conundrums that we fa that we face uh, in terms of you know what happens after we die and you know where do we go. Well. At the moment, we're only reliant, the only testimony we have in, in any shape or form are those people who claim to have had near-death experiences, of course, and have been somewhere and come back again, um, or those accounts that have come to us via mediums, purportedly from the spirit world, where people have said that they've communicated with the dead. Uh, and you know, some of them make deeply fascinating and uh, challenging reading. But there is a, a there is a, an unfortunate lack of consistency when when the spirits who are being helpful and describing the afterlife and uh, they give it different terms the summer land the next plane etc 
they're not really that consistent in their descriptions of it. Some people say that they've met God or Jesus or the saints and prophets or relatives or ancestors. Some people, some describe it as being exactly like it was um, here in the, in, the, in the world of the living. Others describe it as being radically different. Others describe their emotional state and their need for the physical um, pleasures that we, we enjoy um as being the same and some radical yeah uh, even down to smoking a cigar you know uh, there was quite a lot who said you know i do enjoy a good cigar of an evening uh, and, but yet you've got others who say oh no we don't have any of that stuff uh, over here it's it's all banned uh, you know we don't need it we're we're, we're ascended we're you know we're better and all that sort of uh, materialistic stuff and that again is deeply concerning that you do have these gross inconsistencies in the accounts and now why that might be i don't know you, you know the spiritualist might turn around and say well i do say that the human being is intervening the human is interpreting the messages from the spirit but you've got automatic writers um who you know are purportedly controlled by the spirit and writing without it you know the spirit is communicating directly uh, there are electronic voice communications in which the spirit world is directly supposed supposed to be informing the living, and yet those in inaccuracies and inconsistencies remain. Now that could be that everybody's spirit world, spirit realm is different. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Is is maybe there isn't this one single realm? Maybe there is. Uh, different ones. Maybe they're separated by your religion. Maybe they're separated by your culture. Maybe they're separated by time. Who knows? Well, maybe they're just separated by you. Um, you being different than anybody else, so you create your own heaven. I mean, doesn't the Bible talk about there are, in, in God's house there are many uh, rooms or places? Mm -hmm. so, so maybe the afterlife is whatever you create of it. Um, in your own consciousness. So this goes this goes back to our own reality, where we interpret yeah. everything we see, hear, touch, smell, everything through our own uh, reality, through our own yep. uh, concept. And there's a, there, there, so weird, even more weirdly, there is a lot of scientists now subscribing to this idea of the world that we live in uh, is some sort of <laughs> yeah, there's those. Um, it's some sort of matrix or hologram. You know, they liken it to The Matrix, the movie, um, whereby what we see is a constructed reality for us to live in, constructed by something else. You know, that might be, in some perceptions, that might be a giant computer uh, computer code. Yeah, okay. In others, it might be a god. You mm -hmm. know, people... And, and quantum quantum physics and quantum uh, quantum mechanics also uh. this idea that we fix a reality by observing a reality and that we can fix our reality you know fix an entire reality i.e we're creating the world we live in by being in it and being part of it so it's a matrix of our own creation True. So, you know, we've got, it's 2018, and we've got a long, long, long way to go yet mm -hmm. uh, before we begin to understand even the rudimentary stuff, like, you know, what is a ghost? Mm -hmm. I know we'll come up to have, the, but I was going to say Richard Felix should have been the one to ask, uh, who is it, what is a ghost? Yeah, that's true, too. But uh, in case you were just tuning in, is that this year we uh, 
we want to uh, change the show up a little bit. So we're asking for your suggestions. Uh, what would you like to hear? Would you like to hear more about uh, with more guests, uh, more particular subjects, uh, about haunted places, about equipment, uh, procedures, uh, whatever. Your hosts. Yeah, whatever, you, whatever you, whatever you're interested in, in let us know on uh, our Facebook pages, uh, either the Ghost Chronicles International Facebook page or my my personal Facebook page, Ronald Kolick, uh, or even email me at anyghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and uh, we'll select uh, one randomly or two, maybe who knows, who depends on how benevolent we feel, and we'll send you a uh, a free book. So. Uh, just for putting a suggestion in, so we're we're intrigued. We want we want to know what you are looking for, and uh, let us know. I mean, it doesn't well, mean we're going to do it, but we're certainly uh, open to ideas. Yeah, absolutely, it's your show. You want to you know, we want to change the direction, but we want to know we want to go in a direction that you want that you want. So tell us where to go. Anyways, uh, it's intriguing is that, uh, you know, you look at uh, some of these uh, shows or, or documentaries that they do on, like Ancient Aliens and oh, yeah. uh, so forth, and, and they'll, they'll show you different uh, pieces of uh, antique, or not antique, what am I looking for, artifacts uh, from oh. certain periods of time to show like, uh, you know, uh, astronauts or spaceships or whatever. But the, the thing that they're overlooking, of course, is that ever since the beginning of time and the beginning of man, men have loved to tell stories. And stories are not always based on fact. Uh, sometimes they're just stories. And they would convey these stories orally for the most part, but a lot of times they would draw them out. And so some of these evidence that we have for ancient, alley, uh, ancient astronauts and other things may be just stories. But our whole history... Uh, one of the things that archaeologists learned uh, to pay attention to is folklore and um, oral sort of storytelling because they started to discover that there's actually, you know, they were saying no smoke without fire, they actually discovered that in a lot of these cases there was something behind the story uh, now the story as you said rightly say changes over the eons uh, of um, storytelling from generation to generation but there was something at the start of it there's there are widely separated cultures that say that, you know, we came from the stars. Yeah, but the intriguing thing about it is that, and, and I just uh, saw a documentary on this, is it, and it goes back to a, a gentleman that wrote a book back in, I believe, in the, the 50s or something uh, called The Hero of a Thousand Faces, is that all stories have the same components in them. And you can look at any, any uh, legend, and they all have the same components in them. So we've been telling these stories from year and year and passed off from culture and culture. And so the stories change, but the components don't. So these facts, uh, they all have the same thing in it. That's because they all do. <laughs> Anyways, this is Tunes, and we have to take a break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International uh, right here on uh, Toji.Radio Radio and Pararex. And I'm Ron Kolick, and he is Steve Parson. We'll be right back after the following messages. 
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Choir fades into the background. It's the first show of 2018. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Toginet, Parax, or possibly iTunes. Uh, my host tonight, our host tonight, is New England's own Van Helsing, one co oh. and I'm the modest little co host who's just uh-huh. a ghost hunter. Our host. Our host. Our host. Yeah, you call me an our host? Yeah. That's right, figure. Anyways, uh, we were just uh, talking a little bit, uh, and I mentioned that that all legends are based on the same components, and uh, there's a lot of things like that, that uh, certain legends uh, that you see uh, in various parts of the world have the same, they're actually the same legend, but they're just different characters at a time. Like Star Wars, then. Yeah, Star Wars is actually has the same components of. Uh, in fact, George Lucas uh, read uh, this book as well, uh, uh, and uh, I, I'm trying to figure out when the heck it was published. I can't remember. I think it's around 1952. I can't even remember the guy's name. It's something like a, a Hero with a Thousand Faces, um, but it was intriguing, and uh, it compared different legends and how they all each, even including Star Wars, and and how they uh, each all had the same components including the story of King Arthur and uh, a lot of other other uh, legends and myths. So, there you go. In, in that, in that um, we see idea that it's a sort of common good versus evil, hero versus... Well, they all have a little bit more than that. They all have certain components like trials and uh, uh-huh. so forth and so forth. Uh, to, there's, a, there's a whole series of conversions, but it's basically a, uh, a circle and you can 
uh, each one you could pop any story in and it would fit right into each one of these uh, things. But Does anyway. that suggest then that there's a common, uh, not just a common thread, obviously the, the storytellers, um, but a common thread within humanity that's something we intrinsically know and we're trying to interpret back out again? Um, you know, we, we, we I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, what I mean by that is that we, we, we all sort of half remember deep within ourselves something, but we're not quite sure what it is, and we're trying to interpret. Uh, it's like you've got a group of people who've heard a, a, a pop song on a radio station a while ago, and they're all trying to hum their own different versions of it. They sound more or less similar, but different. Um, are we just trying to remember something from human history or, or shared human history uh you know there have been people who've speculated that we're not the first bunch around you know the wheel um you know the earth has certainly been a, a, around long enough to support many many great civilizations well <laughs> even when it was still a ball uh before it became flat again you know the the, the earth will basically recycle itself is it every 300 million years and it's been around 4 billion so effectively anything that was around 300 million 400 million years ago can be recycled back into the core and then remelted and regurgitated back onto the crust so so you know any the earth has certainly been around and great civilizations may well have pre-existed us according to some authors it would be nice to have some kind of clue of what, how they were. Well, the problem we... is the clue might be us. Uh, the only surviving... Oh, remnants. I don't... Yeah, what, what, yeah if the civilization, that means there were buildings, there were devices, yeah, there were everything. That's... We would have some of that, and there's no well, evidence at all. Well, actually, there are some things that are called artifacts out of place. Um, yes, I understand but... that, but that, there's, now, there are others, other more plausible solutions to that than the risk well yes of yes but I, I'm talking about what others what others are speculating and in terms of our geological history uh, anything that was built on the surface of the planet half a billion years ago wouldn't be on the surface of the planet anymore yes but yeah. we have dug up this planet and probed this planet. no I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, yeah I'm talking I mean, about dinosaurs were here long before us and, and yet we still find them we still know they exist because yes, we have their, their remains. So yes. why aren't there remains of vast civilizations if, if they were there? And so that, to me, you know, show me the proof, then I'd be happy to accept it. But well, well I was say, there have been authors who speculated this, this fact that things are, you know, not necessarily, you know, we might be the only remnants of some something greater, this 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 folk memory that we seem to have. Yeah, but the thing humans do is they build things, they they consume things. Yeah, they, we're humans, we don't know what the, you know, if there was another civilization, would they, they be... They still would be builders, they still would be, if there was intelligent. Yes! Well, we're, 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 dolphins yeah, are intelligent. Well, hang on, dolphins are intelligent, they don't build jack shit. Yeah, the deck. Whales are intelligent. They don't. Oh. Chimps and, and great apes are intelligent, and they oh, don't build degree, anything. Degrees are intelligent. So you're talking about civilizations. I thought you said. Yeah, but you said if if you, you know if humans were if they were there, they, 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 they have to deal with their uh, uh, environment. Uh, if you yes, stick... they, yeah, they have to live within the environment, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they leave structures behind. Dolphins, dolphins, whales, great apes. There would be no trace of them after their physical death. 
Um, yeah, apart from the fossil record, of course. Exactly. Uh, beyond that, you you won't find. Well, yeah, beyond that, I, so where is the I'm, beyond that? Where are the fossil records? Uh, you know, you're not going to turn around and say, "I've just found a gorilla's city or a gorilla's house." Or, or even a gorilla's table and chairs. You know, they, they don't need to build anything. We need to build something. That's endemic within our culture and society. However, you know, could it not be argued that a, another intelligent uh, version of humanity pre-existed us and built absolutely exactly. nothing the at all? Neanderthals did, and, uh, you know, we still have records of them. Yes, we do, but they're not very far, they're not very far in the past. You're only going back forty thousand years. Yeah, but they were builders. They, you know, yes. I mean, they weren't builders. Well, they, well, they, they, they were in a way. Yes, I they didn't build. That. Well, the other problem you've got is maybe what they built in is organic matter, um, and we don't get very many survivals of organic matter. We build in concrete stone, and and we leave great. New, well, the greatest, I, I yeah, suppose, well, the mammoth preserved and and well, You know what? What I, I'm with you on it. I, I'm just I, saying. Our past, our past is there. If, well, if I, it's, I'm, if it's there, we'll find it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on it, but the, the, I, would, I would say if we want to find evidence of, a, of, a, of an earlier vast civilization, mm -hmm. the one thing that we know that they must consume is energy in some form. Um, you know, they, they would build fires perhaps, but if they were as advanced as we believe or, or that the authors are speculating that they are these atlanteans and Lemurians. well that's the thing they're always talking about advanced civilization they're not talking about dolphins or great that's right or but what is the one thing that what have what have we achieved in in our human history which only really goes back um 40, 50,000 years the one thing that we will leave behind us for millennia is nuclear radiation now, any other advanced civilization... Well, the, other crap, the crap that I built is on the moon. We have yeah, proof, but, proof for uh, our existence, thanks to me. No, what, what I'm talking about planetary proof. If we, if, oh. we, if we were looking for a great civilization, Atlantis or yeah. Lemur or one of these other exotic civilizations that these authors speculate upon mm -hmm. uh, endlessly, then the clue, I would say, would be look nuclear. Because that's something that ain't going to go away. You can flatten the, the nuclear reactor, you can flatten the power station, you can obliterate the civilization, but it's going to leave a radiometric trace in the in the environment that you know are, that might be detectable, should be would be detectable. You know, if we were looking for, if you want to find Atlantis, look for a nuclear hotspot in the middle of the Atlantic, because they had a power source of some kind. If they had a big city, yeah, sun. Yeah, I forgot that one. Well, that's well. It might not be that great, you know. The Earth is actually mirrors, flat. Don't you know? Well, you know, according to the, the flat. City mirrors. Well, according to the flat Earth, the sun's just basically a big light bulb about forty miles up. Oh, it is probably, but you know, they, sure. they, the Atlantis used it all. Uh, you know, mirrors. They heated their houses with mirrors. They destroyed ships with mirrors. They did it. Uh, no, actually, uh, the Greeks did. Yeah, I know they did. Yeah. But nobody, actually, modern science can't find out how they did that, but they but they they know that they did. They used something called Greek fire. Um, Greek fire is totally something different. And and they used Greek fire, and also they used apparently the power of the sun to destroy enemy ships. Now it's been parabolic lens. 
Well, it's been documented. It's been, and there have been a number of attempts to recreate it, but nobody's managed to do it yet. And yet, uh, not successfully. Not repeat. Not uh, yeah. Uh, some television programs have kind of suggested that they have, but they haven't. Um, so we know that the Greeks were able to do something two thousand years ago that we can't do today. And uh, there That's are other. All right. But there are other examples of technology from the ancient past, like the Antikythera mechanism. I know you're going to bring it up sooner or later. What, the Antikythera mechanism? Yes. And we can't... Modern we don't science, know what it is, really. Well, modern science believes it knows what it is, and it believes that, you know, it's, re, it's been able to recreate it. And, in fact, there are recreations, both in yeah. uh, hard, hard form and in software recreations right. of the Antikythera yeah. mechanism. We... we you know, we're, we're slightly disingenuous in the past. We believe that you require alien help to build pyramids because weak man can't move big stone blocks. And yet the proof that we moved big stone blocks around is there. They're called the pyramids. <laughs> it's just that we've forgotten how to do these really cool and, and things. There are, there's so many things that, that they were able to do with the, the cog and the wheel and the gear. Yeah. Uh, you know... Many of the ancient ceremonies, the religious ceremonies, were were performed magic, basically, by using the clog and the gear to perform certain aspects to, uh, you know, mesmerize the people. So, well, yeah, uh, the Greek the Greeks were notorious for their automata. Yeah, um, yeah. They had you know moving devices. They had doors that opened and closed inside temples, and when when these television inspired they're often you know television budgeted programs because only television is, well only television really has got the budget to do it but when they try to get these experts to recreate them the struggle that these guys have to try and you know they, they've tried to do you know, let's bring it even uh, closer to the present day with da vinci you know they've they've recreated his flying machine they've recreated other devices that da vinci did one of which was this great siege engine this great war machine that da vinci built and designed, and they've got half the plans for the blasted thing, and they still can't make it work. And yet, he had a working one six hundred years ago. You know, we're not maybe not as clever as we think. And yeah, I mean, a lot, even Da Vinci stuff were based. They believe a lot of it was actually uh, stolen from uh, an Indian civilization. I forget what the the exact one was. There's a, a gentleman there had come up with these concepts earlier than him. You know, but you see this, this idea that those in the past were cleverer, you know, we think of ourselves as the pinnacle of humanity, we think of ourselves as being the cleverest, and yet in reality we de- we constantly come up against this fact that we're, not, we're just not, we can't do what they could do in the past, and you see us throw away technology and throw away knowledge so often, and we do it Uh, we've done it with the digital revolution how many children how many adults today listening to this show or will even know how a 35mm film camera works or even what it does and how to develop it we've thrown all of the analogue stuff from tape and a lot of uh, people don't even know what a dial telephone is yeah so we, 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 we invent the next gadget and then we forget about the previous gadgets and the teachers. And in terms of electronic voice phenomena, for example, look through the 1950s, 1960s and 70s at the great supposed advances that were coming in, 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 in from electronic voice phenomena where uh, reel-to-reel cassette uh, and cassettes were used to record these anomalous voices that 
actually challenged the, the scientists and the technicians who couldn't explain how they were being produced. These things were put in Faraday shields and Faraday cages and all manner of precautions against electromagnetic um, e emissions were put in place. And then come, along comes the digital revolution. Everybody buys an MP3 player, talks to the dead instantaneously, so they say. We don't have a class A AVPs of that quality that they were getting in the 60s and 70s and 80s, uh, being shown on modern electronic voice phenomena. And moreover, you can't get the, the, the analog devices anymore, except in thrift stores and you know, uh. eBay. Because people don't know what they are. You know, the modern... We're, so it's not inconceivable to give us 500 years and we'll have forgotten everything we're doing now and having to relearn it. And you're actually seeing that in a weird way with modern ghost hunting as well. With this, um, there's been a huge increase in the number of um, ghost hunting groups in the UK in the last two years. Um, it's become incredibly popular again in the UK. And these these new generation ghost hunters are the absolutely uh, you know every bit as uh, fanatical and interested as you or I, but they don't seem to have ever looked back on the history of ghost hunting. Everything they've picked up and learned seems to have been from about twenty fourteen, yeah, from television, and, and they're now rediscovering light anomalies on their cameras they're now rediscovering many of the things that realistically they should be carrying forwards and not worrying about you know that it, it's like mankind is programmed to forget the lessons of the past we see our politicians doing it on a daily basis uh you know it, it's like we learn sort of stuff and then we throw away everything that went before it yeah you know, i agree I, with you you know, yeah. it, it, it's not even, um, it, 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 even technology lets us down. I, I, re I was talking to Anne Vinsper a few days before Christmas. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about technology. I have a, a floppy disk drive uh, that I can plug into the iMac computer here. Yeah, me too. And on the floppy disk drive, I have uh, a floppy disk. Well, there's three of them in the, in, the, in the back of the filing cabinet. And there are a book I wrote uh, way back in the late 1980s where I was commissioned to write a book on the history of, an, of a, an, um, a local Royal Air Force airfield, an aerodrome field, um, cool. which, which existed uh, up until 1957 from the, from the First World War. Uh, and it was in a program called WordStar. Now, I put that floppy disk into the iMac uh, and it couldn't read it. Mm -hmm. after, after Apple updated the software this year, uh, the new versions of uh, the Apple software, the iMac won't even recognize the floppy disk drive anymore. Really? Because it has no need for it. It's legacy hardware that, you know, all maybe using. So we're now being denied the stuff, you know, of our past. I, I can't access that, that WordStar file. So we, we seem to be constantly denying ourselves our history and the lessons that we're learning from it. And that's as true in ghost hunting as is in politics and in the way we treat fellow man. People said after the Second World War, after the, the mass genocides uh, in the concentration camps, that we should never repeat these. And yet we've had Bosnia, we've had the African, uh, we've had the ones in the Middle East, where mankind just keeps going and doing the same old stuff. It's, it's, it's more like we're, we're in a hamster wheel. 
and a hamster wheel that applies just as much to the paranormal studies as well. We've not advanced in 150 years very far, but we've kept doing the same things an awful lot. If you look back in the 1920s, 1930s, at the psychical researchers, um, what they were working on, and you compare that to modern investigators, they're doing pretty much the same thing. And that's not for a lack of results, but there's been no development beyond the results. The results that they're getting today are not that dissimilar to the, what they were getting, you know, 80 or 90 years ago. But there's been no development of, of um, ideas. There's been no, let's take that response, that, that result, and move forward with it. Mm-hmm. Which is a bit sad, really, that we keep doing this to ourselves. Or perhaps we're just programmed to do that. Perhaps the world is, in fact, a matrix. Yeah, okay. Anyways, uh, so next year, this year, actually, we are looking ahead and coming up with some new shows. And like I said, we want to get your thoughts on it. So contact us on our Facebook page or or whatever. And um, what about predictions for next year? You got any? Um. Well, I, I personally, yeah, we'll continue to make more of the same mistakes. But um, we'll, we'll definitely, in terms of the show, we'll definitely have the Teller of Curious Tales making a return next week. Bit of a late start. Um, but in terms of predictions, I don't think we'll still, I think 2018 will end with us not knowing what a ghost is. Um, not, inv- not being invaded by aliens and having survived umpteen uh, apocalyptic uh, predictions. Interesting. And a year older. Right. I think that, uh, and I've gone on a limit of this, that there will be a lot of research and paranormal equipment, and we will come up with a ghost detector, a video uh, system that will be able to uh, show us what a ghost looks like. But we've got that now. In fact, only only this very day on oh. on Facebook there was a there was an American. Don't uh, even go there. Was was we're actually not, not talking stickman. No, they, this this were, they were promoting the new camera available for sale now that lets you photograph anomalies and uh, ghosts. So that's, that's that prediction's come true, and it's only the second of January. See how good I am. <laughs> but how many times has that has that uh, promise been made, and mm-hmm. how many devices have come come and gone down the years where we've had the latest greatest uh, piece of equipment in ghost hunting? So I, I have to ask you this: There's a, a show that you were telling us about where the two of the members on the show. Uh, did you say that they used the ghost arc in the show? Uh, uh, I believe so. Oh, so you don't have any what results from it or anything? I'm no, just no, no. Um, in fact, the ghost arc is making a comeback. It uh, is. Not, it is. Not in terms they of it working. broken knobs? No, no, no. The manufacturers have long since uh, gone into hiding and taken the money and run. Um, but the, the aftermarket value of the ghost arc, which... Never worked. The, you know, the thing just never worked. It was, it was a, it was a scam and a sham, and it, you know, it just didn't do what it was supposed to do. You know, even in its most basic form. But the, the aftermarket value on eBay and the number of people trying to get hold of a ghost arc has pushed the price weirdly upwards. 
because people want this legendary piece of crap. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I, it, it, it's become almost a, a legendary status. You go back a year and people couldn't give it away and nobody wanted it anyway. And now, you know, it, it's become a legendary piece of equipment. The, they're charging, I've seen one go, I've seen one recently up for $500. Um, <laughs> And it claims to be fully working as, as intended by the manufacturer. So that means it was already fault-ridden because the temperature sensor didn't work properly. It overread. Uh, the EMF sensor was badly calibrated. The knob fell off and it couldn't record to the SD card. Um, but that's how it came and that's what they want. And they're, they're willing to pay 500 bucks for it. Now, you know, what sort of crazy planet is that where you know, people buy stuff that's, that just doesn't work? Most interestingly of all, though, in terms of equipment, as we draw towards the end of the, the first show of, the, of 2018, is very late in 2017, a UK paranormal group built themselves a proton pack uh, for ghost hunting. These are okay. backpack ghost hunting kits, uh, pack, packed with some sort of sensor devices. Um, well, does that have a, a, a uh, non-licensed... No. It's missing that part, and it's missing the thing that shoots beams of light. Oh, well, it's not a proton pack, then. Sorry. Well, it's modelled on the proton pack. It's called the proton pack, and um, yeah, they're making a big deal about it. They should now sue them. Uh, well, I'm not going to sue them. I'm going to suggest that. I'm going to send ghost call. Ian Ackery a, uh, an email telling them what they're doing. He'll probably be. He'll probably feature them in the next movie. <laughs> Yeah, if it doesn't have a non-licensed nuclear reactor, it's not a proton pack. There we are, then. Call it what you may, but you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. <laughs> Don't die on me now. <laughs> I'm trying not to, but... Yeah. Yeah, anyway... <laughs> You know, I don't even know why I laughed. I've heard that saying so many times. Before. I know. It's like 100 years old. <laughs> I know. So probably older than I am, if that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have been funny, but it was. It was. Yeah, there you go. So anyways, uh, we are coming down to the close, and we want to wish everybody. Uh, actually, we're not that far out of that close. Well, just time then for me to announce something that might be of interest to the listeners, uh, which really? is an event taking place on the 18th of February oh, um, good. On, on the interweb, although it's also live for UK, uh, those in the UK, being held in Bristol, uh, there is a live podcast stream uh-huh. with an audience uh, that's going to cover the subjects of Borley Rectory and some other great sort of uh, famous paranormal cases. Um, it'll be live streamed across the world. I think it's a pay-per-view uh, type type scenario. Um, uh-huh. And audience tickets are available in the UK. There's links on our on our Ghost Chronicles International Facebook page. Really? Um, and it stars myself and Winsper, uh, Alan Murdy and uh, Jade Harris, uh, who will be, we'll each be presenting different parts of the podcast. Uh-huh. Related uh-huh. to uh, seems vaguely familiar or something that I had. Uh, whatever. Uh, moving right along. Uh, 
So there's that. So if you want to check that out on the Ghost Chronicles International Facebook yep. page. Is it the Facebook page or the group page? It's, the it's on both. Ones. It's on both. I, I've been kicked off one, so... Uh, oh, well, I've, I've put it on both, so... Okay, uh, I, can't, I can't post on the uh, group page anymore, so... Uh, there is a God. Mm-hmm. So I don't post on it. That's why you never know about the show, because I never post on it. Yeah. All right, go on. You were saying something else. It's like two minutes left. Um, and well, no, that was it. That was um, I'd been asked by the organisers to, and as it got me in it, uh, to. It, and of course, it might be of interest to the Americans. Uh, yeah, it just might be. So go to our page and you find out all about it on it. Yeah, yeah, all about it on it there. What's it? Does it have a name or title for this thing? Uh, it's 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 called Borley Rectory and Other Famous Hauntings. I think. Ooh, exciting. Um, so well, I think that's February the 18th. Um, and that's going to be live? It will be live um, in the form of a live podcast. And I think there's some there's the idea of it. There is also a live studio audience, but there's also an interactive component as well where people can, uh, I think, make comments or email in. I'm not sure of the technical details because... Sounds like a podcast to me, yeah. I haven't got to that stage yet where anybody's bothered telling me. <laughs> Oh, well, I know, so I've got to turn up on the day and do it. There you go. So, there you to, go. so if you're interested, uh, go to our page and check it out. So, Indeed. I guess that's it. Shall we sing old anxiety as we end the show? No, I can't sing. Me neither. I wouldn't wish, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, no, no. I did that on the Next Generation show. I'm still getting a bill. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can see the suggestion box filling up with no singing. Yeah, okay, so there you go. So we want to thank you so much for listening to these past years, and I uh, hope to see you more next year. And until then, good night and God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.